Turn with me over to Psalms 33, verse 6. If you want to turn over there with us. The word of the Lord, by the word of the Lord, were the heavens made. And all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. All, the, the word of the Lord is how the heavens were made. Now, we, we're not going to go into the story of creation, but we know how what happened. God said, let there be. There was. He, he spoke, and things happened. Creation was done by the speaking of the Word from God Himself. His words are life. His Word does it all. Now, look at Hebrews 1, verse 3. Who, being the brightness of His glory... And the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. I've got that emphasized on my notes here. But upholding all things by the word of his power. Everything you see was created by the spoken word from God himself. The creation was here by the spoken word. And all things are upheld by the word of His power. And I I want you to keep that thought in your mind as we go into the teaching here a little bit, because the word of God is life. The word of God is above every lie that the devil puts out there. The word of God is beyond our circumstances. The word of God is above our pain. The Word of God is above any sorrow, any hurt, anything that's happened. The Word is above it all. And through the Word, God upholds those that are in sorrow. He upholds those that are facing difficulties. He upholds those that are in situations and circumstances that seem like it's going to overwhelm them and win over them. But God, in His power, with His Word, opposes. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I get excited. But it's, uh, He upholds all things by the Word of His power. When He had by Himself purged our sins, He sat down on the right hand of the Majesty on high, Jesus Himself. Now, Jesus is the Word. The Bible said in John 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was in the beginning. He was the Word. He is the Word. And by that, all things are upheld by that Word. The Word. It's the Word of of the Lord. Now, in my hand right here, and if you've got your Bible, in your hand is the Word of God. I want to tell you something. It's not just a book. To many people, it's it's just a book. To many people, it's just something that is religious. But to a believer, this is the Word of God. This is His Word. And these words that's in here were just mere words until the Holy Spirit brings life to those words. How many times, y'all remember when you needed a revelation from God on something that God's already made available to us? Amen. I mean, did you know everything's already been made available to us? Everything. 
everything that God has for His people and for the body of Christ and for, for those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, everything is already made available to us. It's made available. And, but th- this is just mere words until the Holy Ghost sheds light on it and brings revelation to our heart. And we see, I don't know if you remember the night you got saved or the day that you got saved. You were born again, recreated by the power of the Holy Ghost. And you, you, you may have been a rebellious little fellow or a little girl or, uh, or whatever, you know, but, uh, and you, and you might have known to do right, but yet we still did wrong because we had this old rebellious attitude. Y'all, y'all remember those days? And you rebelled anyway because you wanted to have it your way? I always said, Burger King started a slogan with their, with their advertisement, have it your way! Well, I know it was just an advertising slogan for their meal and their burgers, and you could have it any way you wanted it, is what they were saying. But, but yet, that's the attitude of the world. Have it my way. I want it my way. My way or no way. Amen? And, but, and, and that's the way it was when we, got, when we came into the house of the Lord, and maybe you were raised in Christianity. You might have been raised in a home. I had the privilege of being raised in a Christian home. I, I, my dad got saved. Well, I, I, w- I was taught, you know, three years old or whatever when he got saved. I remember that. Uh, I was, I mean, I remember I was just a little, little thing toddling around and maybe four, but he was a truck driver and he was one of those, uh, uh, rough truck drivers. I mean, he'd fight at the drop of a hat, you know. And, uh, I don't know if you, have y'all ever seen people like that? I mean, they're just gonna, they're, they're just looking for a fight. And uh, sometimes he'd come home with bruises and, and, and things. He'd got, gotten a fight in a truck stop somewhere, you know. And, and, uh, but that's before he got saved. <laughs> well, when he got saved, he changed. He was transformed. And how did it happen? He had to see this Bible as more than just mere words. This Bible became a mirror to let him see himself. Without Christ, where would he be? Without Jesus, without the blood, where would he be? And by him seeing that and the revelation of it coming alive to him, he was transformed and changed. That old rugged truck driver became a rugged preacher. <laughs> and no devil got in his way. <laughs> but, you know, but, 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 you know, your personality, it doesn't, your personality changes some, but sometimes your, your main personality, who you are, your character, who you are as an individual, sometimes it doesn't really change, but God can take it and reverse it and use it for His good. A timid person, God will turn that around and make them bolder than a lion. And sometimes somebody that's bold and boisterous, God will just kind of make them come down a notch or two. And make them meek as a lamb. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, but we don't see ourselves until we see ourselves in the Word. You see yourselves in the Word. Then there's people that didn't know about the power of the Holy Spirit. They didn't know the power of the Holy Ghost. They didn't know what God could do when you were empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Now, I, I, and there's a lot of controversy today. A lot of people, I, I've talked to some full gospel pastors, and, and they say, well, you know, I don't know if we have to have all this stuff. And I said, well, maybe you don't. But uh, you know what? You're cheating your people out of the greatest thing that they can get a hold of. Amen. And I said, you know what? I'm not ashamed of it. I believe it. I was a timid, bashful, backward, skinny as a rail teenager that didn't think that I could do anything. But when I got saved, and then when I received the Holy Spirit, I became bold as a lion. And you know what? I was still timid and shy, but when the anointing came, I was a different person. Isn't that what they said about Saul when the Holy Spirit came on him? King Saul, that he was a different man. He was a different person. Too bad he didn't follow through and just get rid of all that pride and arrogance and follow God all the way. He didn't do that, but he could have. There's always a choice. We always have a choice. And uh, But he didn't do that. But you know, the thing is, the whole, we, when you finally see yourself in the Word like God sees you, like God sees you, God sees you as an overcomer. God sees you as more than a conqueror. God sees you as victorious. God sees you as righteous and pure and holy because you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He sees you empowered by the Holy Ghost that Jesus said, I'm going to send another comforter. And he's going to come and be a paracletus, the one that walks along beside you and teaches you and guides you and reveals all of the truths of God to you so that you can come, become what God's called you to be. And, you, you know, this is what the Word does. When you start seeing yourself like God sees you. And when we start seeing ourselves like God sees us, then God can do bigger things in our lives. And what I want to talk about tonight is the quickening word of God. Paul stated this about uh, that we were made sufficient, uh, that he made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. See, I can, I can get up here and do flowery messages for anybody and everybody. I can do a, uh, a feel-good message. Y- y'all know what I'm talking about? I, I, can, I can talk about your dream and uh, what you want in life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying we shouldn't have some motivation behind us. We need to have motivation. But how many knows your dream should be God's dream? You know, your, your, your thing that God's called you for should be what He's called you for. And we have to desire Him and what he wants to do in our lives. But he purged our sins. But he's, he's made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Not, with the le- not of the letter, but of the spirit. Of the spirit. You know, I have succeeded as a minister when I can see people receive the revelation of the word and begin to walk in it. That gives me delight in my heart knowing that the Word is accomplishing what it's sent forth to do. And when we can let that happen, but the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The, the anointing upon the Word. The, how many's ever read a book? You didn't understand a word you were reading. 
I only read it because I had to read it in school, you know, but I, did, I didn't retain it. I, didn't re- I mean, it was boring to me, but I had to retain it that way. And then sometime when we had memory verse uh, uh, contests, you know, who could ha- memorize the most scriptures during the week when we were in Sunday school, you know. And I'd always get the shortest scriptures, and I would get all those down, and I would re- memorize it. It's easy to memorize short scriptures, not those big long ones. And I never got those scriptures with all those big long names of people because I couldn't pronounce them anyway. Amen? But you see, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Somebody said, well, that's an elementary scripture. Yes, but for someone that needs light on that, and someone that needs understanding on that, that scripture, if it's just by the letter, it'll kill. But when the revelation of the Spirit comes, life comes. That's where new births take place. That's where born again, that's where people are born again and changed and transformed by the power of God. And once you hear the message on the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you begin to see it, and you receive the Holy Spirit. And you receive the Holy Ghost. You receive that anointing. You receive that power of God in your life. Then that's when it's not just by letter, but it's the Spirit giving life. Amen? So God wants to let the Spirit give life. So the Word of God is as much alive today as it was when God said, let there be. The Word is as strong today and tonight as it was the day Jesus and God Himself, all three of them were there, the Holy Ghost, Jesus, and the Father. And He said, let us make man in our image, you know, isn't that what He said? But when He spoke and created the heavens and the earth, He spoke. He spoke and things happened. And the Word is still is, is as much alive today as it was the day that God created this earth. Hallelujah. The power of God has not diminished. Somebody says, I wish I had the power like we had 10, 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Listen, the power of God has not diminished. What diminishes? It's our relationship with the Lord. It's our seeking the Lord. It's our allowing God to do things through us. God's power is still just as real today as it was 50 years ago, 100 years ago. On the day of Pentecost, it's the power of God has not changed. God said, I'm the Lord God and I change not. Paul said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the power is real. But I tell you what, I don't want just the letter. I want the Spirit. I want revelation. I want something that when I go, I can say, I had a good meal tonight. You ever been to a restaurant and you felt like you didn't eat? Because you left most of it there because it wasn't as good. <laughs> they can make it look beautiful, you know. But, you know, sometimes it's not just as good. As you, as you, I went to a restaurant one time and it was the best that I'd ever heard. It tasted, of course, I was starving and I hadn't eaten in a long time. And, and I mean, but so I, I went back to that restaurant and it wasn't as good that time. I don't know if they changed cooks or what, but you know. But the letter kills what the Spirit gives last. But Jesus is the living Word. Jesus is the living Word. Look at John 10, 17 and 18. Therefore my Father loves me. This is Jesus talking. 
because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down to myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. And this command I have received from my Father. That's Jesus talking. The power. Now that word quicken, the word quicken actually means to make alive, cause to live, it's resurrection life. That word quicken, when you see the word quicken, that means it's resurrection life. It's the power of God. It's, it's resurrection life, being infused into someone. And it's the resurrection life. Satan could not kill Jesus. He couldn't kill him. Oft times they tried to kill him. He'd go right through the crowd and they didn't even recognize him. He'd just go right through the crowd and just get right out of there. It wasn't until the day that he died, the devil still didn't kill him. He gave his life. He laid it down. He was the supreme sacrifice. He knew what that meant. But he also knew that when he laid down his life, he wasn't going to stay down. He was going to come back out on the third day. Praise the Lord. And he went into the lower regions of hell. And there he defeated the devil. There he took the keys of the kingdom from the devil. He took everything, the death and hell. Uh, he, he stripped him of that. The devil has not got the power of death in our life. Now one day we may lay down and go to sleep and wake up in heaven. Amen? But the devil does not have the power of death. Are y'all still with me this night, this evening? The the devil doesn't have the power because Jesus stripped him of that. And he rose on the third day. And the Bible says, did you know, by the way, the day that that he resurrected, there was a whole lot of people that came out of graves? A lot of people came out of graves. I don't know what those family members thought. When they were, you know, they, they had heard about Jesus dying and all this, and, and all of a sudden, somebody knocking on the door. Hey, I've been gone for a while, but I'm back. Hallelujah. Why? Because that's the power of God. Quicken means to make alive, cause to live. It's resurrection life. And uh, it, it, it really wasn't a contest between the devil and Jesus. Somebody think sometimes we present these things in movies like it's some contest and the devil's whipping up on the Lord and knocking him around. No, no, no. Jesus was always Lord over the devil. He was always Lord over the devil. When it came time, the only reason they could even put the stripes on his back because it was prophetically prophesied and spoken and Jesus knew that he had to do this in order that healing power could flow. And I'm talking about spiritual healing as well as physical healing. God had that to happen and that was part of the plan of God. The devil could not stop the plan. It wasn't a contest between the devil and Jesus. There was no contest. The Lord already proved himself there on the Mount of Temptation. And the devil tried to tempt him with all of these temptations and said, you know, the Word says. And Jesus came back with the Word and says, but the Word says not to tempt the Lord thy God. Amen? He said, it's written. The Word is still the authority. The Word 
is still the truth. See, the Word is still the power of God. And as we speak that Word, God's Word can be manifested. Hallelujah. Now, don't jump up and down yet. But the whole scenario was the plan of God. And we know this. I'm just kind of going through this. But the, the, the whole scenario was God's plan. God's plan. Satan was the loser from the beginning. You know, he tried to have an uprising in heaven before the creation of man. Satan tried to overthrow God in heaven. He took one-third of the angels with him. God cast them out. Jesus even made a statement, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. He was there. He was there. So therefore, he was a loser from the beginning. And the divine plan was redemption by the blood of Jesus. And when Jesus did that, it was an eternal defeat over the devil. God, aren't you glad? You know, he doesn't have to suffer no more in order that we might be saved. He doesn't have to take the stripes on his back for healing anymore. He's already done it once and for all. He resurrected on the third day, just like he was prophesied. And he came out of that grave victorious over death and hell. Praise God. And victorious. I mean, even the wounds weren't even showing on his body. The wounds. Except they were showing. They did show as far as the holes in his hands. But I mean, as far as his body being brutally beaten. But the wounds were there where the nails were put in. And all of that. But remember, Doubting Thomas wasn't there when Jesus first arrived. And uh, everybody went and told Doubting Thomas. They called him Doubting Thomas. <laughs> His name was really Thomas. and uh, But not Doubting, but they just put him a nickname. And uh, he came in there and he said, he said, show me your hands and your feet. You know what Jesus said? Blessed are those that believe that have not seen. Hallelujah. But he did show him, and he did receive it, and Thomas became a missionary into the region of India, and he gave his life in India, in that area, preaching the gospel. Now, in the beginning, John 1, verses 1 through 5, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. And the Word was... What is that saying? It's saying Jesus is the Word. Amen? The Son of God is the Word. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that they that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So tonight, we're a believer. How many is a believer tonight? Let's see, let's see your hand. Come on, raise them up high. Wave at me. I'm not ashamed. I am a believer. Amen? Now, the believers delivered and raised up in victory. Look at Romans 5, verse 10. We're reconciled to God through the death of Jesus, and we shall be saved by His life. It said, for when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Much more having been reconciled, and we shall be saved by His life. Through the death... We were reconciled. He who knew no sin became sin that we 
who were sinners could become righteous and become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. He became what he was not so we could become what we were not in order for us to enjoy the things that God has for us. And we're saved. Now that word saved there, in the original Greek, it means sozo. And it means deliver, protect, heal, preserve, to do well, and to be whole. That's what the word sozo means. We are saved. We're sozoed. By His life. Look at Romans 5.10. I want to read that in the Amplified Version. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, it is much more certain now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved, daily delivered from sin's dominion. Daily. How many knows that every day the devil's going to try to come in? Boop. I'm going to, I'm going to try to bring a little lie in here to you, and I'm going to knock you over with it. But every day, every day we'll be saved, daily delivered from His dominion through His resurrection life. Now look at Romans 8 verse 11. If the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. So if the Spirit of the Lord is in you that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwells in you. Now, I believe we're going to be quickened at the rapture when the coming of the Lord, the trump of God sounds, will be quickened at that moment. But I also believe that while we're here on this earth, that we can also have our bodies and our spirit man quickened by the Holy Ghost. Quickened by the Holy Ghost. Look at Hebrews 1.3. Who being the brightness of His glory... And the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. I've got that emphasized on my notes here. But upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins and sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now listen, he upheld all things by the word of his power. This word's important. The word is important. Feelings come and go, but the Word is eternal. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you, we, we, we've had people get saved. You know, a, a young lady and her mother got saved one morning in our church, and, and they were so excited, so jubilant. I mean, God really did a work in their lives. I mean, they really received salvation and a transformation, and everything went good for about a week or two, and then all of a sudden one day, the mother got up. I don't feel saved. I don't feel like I did two weeks ago. I don't feel saved. Well, you know what? God didn't change anything. Amen? And the little girl had been studying the Word. She turned over to John. And she said, no, Mom, we're saved. We passed from death into eternal life. (laughs) Doesn't matter what you feel like, Mom. The Word says we're saved. The Word says we're delivered. The Word says we're redeemed. The Word says that the blood of Jesus is real. And we pass from death into life. And mom, we're not going from life back to death. We're saved. 
And that little girl brought revelation to her mom. She got up, got dressed, came to church, and never had no more problem with deciding to backslide or not. <laughs> Amen. Because, you see, the word is truth. Amen? Now, we're the children of God. We're heirs of God. I don't think this is really sunk down in our hearts sometimes on what our relationship with the Lord. We're children of God. We're heirs of God. And we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Heirs. And joint heirs with Him. We're heirs, but also what He's got is ours too. We're joint heirs with the Lord. <laughs> For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, over in Romans 8, verse 14. Romans eight sixteen says, For the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. I, listen, I don't have to have nobody come up and tell me, Boy, Brother Clance, you really look saved today. I, I don't have to have nobody tell me that. And you know what? This may come as a shock to you now. There's some mornings I get up and I don't feel saved. Hallelujah. I said I don't feel saved. I don't feel that jubilant. How many understand what I'm saying? You don't have that excitement or that jubilant, but yet... Down inside. See, I said I don't feel safe, but I don't go by my feelings. I'm going to go by the Word. And the Word says I've been delivered. The Word says I'm redeemed. The Word says I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. The Word declares that I am somebody. That Word is powerful. And I'm talking about the quickening power of the Word tonight. And so... (laughs) The Spirit Himself bears witness that we're the, that with our spirit that we're children of God. The Holy Ghost bears witness. I don't have to have nobody's approval. You don't have to have nobody's approval. Are y'all still here? <laughs> You're going to have people come in, and I, I listen. We had a couple come in to our church that were homeless, living in the back of their pickup, didn't have no change of clothes. Didn't have no money to rub together. Didn't have nothing. They came in, and the first Sunday they came in, they parked outside the church. They said, is it okay? We, they had a little camper on their trailer. They said, well, can we just camp here and, and, and stay? We don't have no place to go. I said, sure. And they came into church that Sunday morning. When we gave the altar call and invitation, guess what? They both came down. I mean, they hadn't even had a bath. They had, their clothes were, you know, unkept, you know. They'd slept in them evidently. But God saved them. God saved them. Then, a couple services later, they received the power of the Holy Ghost in their life. And in the meantime... He got a part-time job, and they were able to get a little place to live. And they were able to clean up, you know, and things like that. And then 
he began to really get a hold of the word and listen to what the word was saying of who he was in Christ and that he could do anything that God called him to do and whatever God put in his heart to do, whatever you put your hand to, God will prosper it. Amen. You believe that? You're, you're a child of God. People are blessed to have you around them. And he started doing things, working, and he, he, he was in, into all kinds of construction and all this stuff. He could do all of that. And you know what he did? He started a furniture factory. Building furniture. Just him and his wife helped him. And it wasn't long till their income got into a six-figure range. This is back in the 80s. That couple that came in with an old pickup that was battered and torn and their clothes were ruffled, didn't have no money, and didn't have, they weren't even born again, wasn't believers. All of a sudden they got saved, changed, transformed by the power of God, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to go forward in the Lord, and God began to bless everything they did. And one night, the full gospel businessmen wanted him to come give his testimony. He said, Brother Clarence, he said, I've been invited to go give my testimony. I said, well, good. I said, I'm going with you. I said, I'm going to carry your Bible for a change. Hallelujah. And I went with him, and I carried his Bible into the place. And he gave his testimony, and I mean, it stirred the hearts of those people that were there. There were several hundred people in that meeting. And God just used his testimony to bless them, and they just went on, and God continued to bless them, and bless them, and bless them, and bless them. They're still blessed. Hallelujah. Because God's Word is truth. Can you say amen? Oh, glory to God. So, Spirit Himself bears witness to our spirit that we're children of God. How many, how many got the Holy Ghost saying, you're my kid tonight? Hallelujah. Now, how long will the power of God preserve us? How long will God keep us? Well, Psalms 91, 16 says, with long life will I satisfy Him. Hallelujah. Hey, we got proof right here in this church. I said, we've got proof right here in this church. Long life will God satisfy us. That don't mean we're going to live forever. Don't get, don't get, I was preaching like this one time in a place and they went out and said, Brother Clarence, the preacher never die. He preached that never die message. We'll never die. I never did say that. I said, with long life will he satisfy us. And when it's time to go home, I, and I still believe this with all my heart. When it's time to go home, we can just go lay down behind a rock like Moses did. And go to sleep. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm claiming Moses' blessing. He was 120 years old. The Bible said his, his strength was unabated. Amen. In fact, when he died... Or when he went on to be with the Lord, I guess we call it, it's the term die. We're dying from this life to, uh, to eternal life. But anyway, when he went on, <laughs> the Bible says, he, God had to tell him to go lay down behind a rock. Just lay down. And he did. And then the devil wanted his body. And Michael the archangel had to come do a little battle with the devil. And Moses' body... Wasn't buried. It was taken. Evidently, because when Jesus got on the Mount of Transfiguration, guess who showed up? 
Moses. Amen. And Elijah. Remember, Elijah didn't die. He went up in a chariot. Enoch, it's a wonder that Enoch wasn't there. Enoch, the Bible said he had this testimony that he pleased God and God took him. Somebody said, I don't believe in the rapture. Well, there's proof right there. You know, I mean, Enoch was raptured and Elijah was raptured. And, uh, you know, my goodness, I believe in the rapture. I believe one day it's going to happen pretty soon. I'll tell you what, that's going to be, I don't want to be here to see it. I want to be in part of it, you know. But I just kind of like to linger up there just a little bit and look down at everybody. See all the chaos that's happening. Hallelujah. Well, the Bible said in John 6.63, it's the spirit that quickens the flesh. It is the Spirit that quickens the flesh, and it profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, the words that I speak unto you, they're spirit in their life. God's Word is spirit in life. The Word. The Bible said God quickened Abraham's body and Sarah's body. Look at Romans four sixteen through 22. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be Sure to all the seed, and not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And look what it says about Abraham. Not being weak in faith. Everybody say, I'm not weak in faith. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Now, can you imagine? Here you are, 100 years old. Sarah's 90. And God says, you're going to have a baby. Now, Abraham just said, how shall this be? You know, how's this going to be? And the Lord spoke and said it's going to happen because he said it was going to happen. And the Bible said that Abraham believed. Let's look what it said here now and what what it says. uh, Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Now, listen. This word consider is important. And I'm, I'm not talking about just this. I mean, I know most of you don't want to have no more babies. I know that. But, <laughs> but, 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 but this word consider is important. He considered not his own body. Already dead. Since he was about 100 years old. Naturally, in the natural... He could not produce a child. And he didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, 
I've already told you before when I first came here, I'm a strong faith preacher. I don't, I don't apologize for it. I don't preach strong faith to condemn anybody. How many understand what I'm saying? I, I don't preach strong faith to make you feel like you're not living up to par or living up to the standards. That's not it at all. We've all fell short. Amen. We've all fallen short. Every one of us. But you see, as you go along with the Lord and you begin to quit considering those things that the devil's bringing up before you and quit considering that and don't consider it and consider the word of the Lord. God said. See, we got to get back to that point where God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. And get that down in our spirits. But not being weak in faith, he didn't consider all of that. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. You know what wavering is? That's one day when you got strong faith. Hallelujah. You feel good. Then all of a sudden, ooh, devil hits you. And then all of a sudden you start wavering. Anybody ever wavered? How many's ever wavered? I mean, you know, I don't want to be one of those shaky wavers. I want to be one that's strong, steadfast in the promises of God and believe what God says. But he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief. But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised... He was able also to perform. If God promises you something, God has the ability to fulfill it. What God speaks to you, what God gives to you, you're able, you're able to see Him fulfill that promise and perform it. And therefore it was accounted to Him for righteousness. For this reason, in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13, this is Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Hallelujah. I said he works in you who believe. I won't read that again, because we've got a little disturbance back there. You received the word of God which you heard from us. You welcomed it not as the word of men. You know, this isn't my message. This is God's message. See, it's the word of God. It's God's word. It's God's word. If, if, you, if, if you're a believer, you can get up here and speak these words from the word. And if you've got it in your heart... You're going to touch other people at the same time because you believe what you're saying and you're convinced that what he's promised, he's able to perform. I don't want nobody praying for me that, well, Lord, we know you're able, but, oh, God, I don't know. I didn't have time to fast and pray this week. I don't know. Listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't fast and pray, but I'm saying... Don't let the devil hold it over your head because you, the word is forever settled in heaven. And we can speak that word 
in faith and we can speak it with authority over the devil and don't accept the lies of the enemy. Praise God. Well, this is good anyway. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcome it not as the word of men, but as in truth the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. God works in every one of us that believe. The word is full of life. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 22. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Somebody says, is it important to read the Word? Absolutely. And you'll thank God today. If you can't see the Word, you can still get these audio Bibles with the Scriptures, and you can listen to the Word, and you're seeing it by your spirit. How many see what I'm saying tonight? You see the Word by your spirit. And if, you, if, if you're in a position where you can't sit down and read, at least get something that will enable you to hear. Because as you're hearing, you're also perceiving. You're also perceiving. Who was it? Helen Keller. They asked her one time, they said, what's worse? What's worse? What's the worst thing about being blind and not being able to see? She said, it's, the, it's worse to be able to see and be blinded to it, you know, and not, not, not see and understand. See, you, you can have eyes to see. And see, she couldn't see. She was blind. But yet she could perceive. And listen, we, we can still perceive. Our spirit man's not dead. Hallelujah. That's one thing we need to understand, too. If someone's in a coma, that doesn't mean they can't hear what's going on. Their spirit man can hear. One man, you know, he was in a coma and all of his kids and grandkids, everybody else in the family, you know, they was all fussing over the wheel and what they was going to get and what they was going to get. He come out of that coma. He said, you're all out of my wheel. <laughs> Shock them, huh? <laughs> Listen, people can hear. People that's in a coma, that's why we, we've always encouraged people when, when they're going to a hospital or wherever it is, if it's maybe it's in hospice at the house, that they're, they're in a coma, so to speak. But the thing is, their spirit man is not in a coma. Only their physical man. We hear, we can hear in the spirit realm. You can hear. They can hear. You praise the Lord. Don't get in there and say, boy, they sure look bad today. Boy, they look like their death warmed over. You don't want to talk to people like that that's in a coma. They can hear you. <laughs> Amen. I said they can hear you. <laughs> we hear with our spiritual ears. And we can see with spiritual eyes. And see what God is saying. But the word's full of life. It said, give attention to my words, incline your ear, don't let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. When you take the Word of God 
and speak it. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal body. Amen? I want to say that again. When you take the Word and speak it, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. Your mortal body is going to be quickened in direct proportion to the amount of Word that you put in your spirit. Hallelujah. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying we're all going to live forever. We're not. (laughs) That's not going to happen. I think we can live longer. Thank God. I believe God's people are living longer. I I really believe God's people, God's Christians and His believers in the church, they're living longer. It doesn't mean we're going to be here forever. My wife had a divine revelation, my first wife Carol, when she was getting ready to go and be with the Lord. And she didn't take no pain medicine. She didn't need no pain medicine. Didn't take no pain medicine. Told the doctor they wanted to give it to her. Said, I don't have no pain. I don't need no pain medicine. Don't give me nothing like that. And God spoke to her and said, I'm taking you home. God told her that. And God spoke to her spirit and said, I'm the only one that has the expiration date, not man. God has the expiration date. And when you get that cell, when she got that cell in her spirit, I mean, she was happy as a lark. She called me in there and said, I'm going home. I said, going to your dad's? <laughs> oh, spiritual me, you know. She said, no, I'm going home. <laughs> because the Lord said, that he's got the expiration date. I don't know when it's going to be, but it's going to be soon. And you know what? She didn't have no pain. There was no pain, no pain pills, nothing. She didn't have to have no pain. She, thank God. I said, thank God. She believed, and she had a revelation that God, that Jesus bore her pain. She had that revelation established in her heart. She didn't have pain in her body. She didn't have pain. She just. When she left, she just went to sleep that morning. And the presence of God filled that room. Hallelujah. So what I'm sharing with you tonight is this. Your mortal body is, is, is going to be quickened in direct proportion to the amount of word that you put into your spirit. And she was able to sustain herself with the word. Somebody said, well, why didn't she get healed? Look. She got the ultimate healing. But the thing that I'm pointing out, it's a point that a man wants to die. God has the expiration date. The Bible said in Psalms, our days are numbered. And you know, aren't you glad God don't go, go around giving everybody the numbers of their days? It might be good for some people. You know, I don't know. They might straighten up and do right. And, and uh, you know, But, you know, some people just think they're going to live forever anyway. And then they'll say, well, I'll make it right one day. I'll make it right one day. I'll do this one day. I'll make it. No, no, no. We need to make it right now and enjoy our life while we're here. And let the joy of the Lord be our strength and enjoy and, and minister to people all around us. Because the, God's word is truth. But God's, this word is a quickening word. Praise God. It'll quicken you. How many's been how many's heard somebody preach and all of a sudden you just get this quickening in your spirit and you just want to shout? Hallelujah. It was actually my wife's cousin, he was a worship leader for us and, and I was preaching on a subject for about six or eight weeks and and uh 
and, 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 and finally, he was sitting on the front row. And he listened all the time. I mean, you know, he was listening. And he, it wasn't that he was bored, but he, he just, sometimes you're, you're hearing but not hearing. You know, you hear something, but the, when revelation comes, it's a different hearing. And he was sitting there, and all of a sudden, his eyes widened, his hands went up, and he jumped up, and I was trying to finish up my sermon. Finally, I got through. He said, Woo! I see it! I finally see it, Brother Clarence. I said, thank God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But how many knows? I mean, when, when that quickening word gets in your spirit, you know. You know. And once you get it quickened in your spirit, and you have that spiritual understanding of something, there's nobody going to talk you out of it. Nobody can talk you out of victory. Nobody can talk you out of what God's Word says. And we need to just stand on it. You may have children that's not saved and not serving God, but you need to stand on that Word that your children will be saved. That your seed will be mighty upon this earth and bring glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. We need to stand firmly upon the Word and say, Yes, Lord, I believe it. I believe it. Hallelujah. Well, do you believe it tonight? Let's lift our hands and just thank God. Glory to God. Thank God that the Word is truth. God's Word is truth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I believe God, don't you? How many believes Him tonight? I believe what the Word declares. I believe what the Lord says. It's ours. Hallelujah. Let's sing that little chorus we sang a while ago. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Well, I'm trusting in His love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. One more time. Well, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Well, I'm trusting in His love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Anybody get their spirit quickened? Did you feel that quickening in your spirit? In some areas, praise God. God is the answer. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Victory's ours. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Hallelujah. Thank God for the word. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Well, just lift your hands and just praise Him. Wave your hand at God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, my God is real. Can you sing it to the Lord? 
He's real in my soul. My God is real, for He has washed and made me whole. His love for me, it's like pure gold. My God is real, for I can feel Him in my soul. Now let's just say this out loud together. Say, devil. Say it out loud. Just, you know, like, like you know, just, don't talk, don't call me devil now. Just <laughs> talk to the, say, devil, I bind you and I render you powerless. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I thank you, Lord, that you bore my pain. You bore my pain. Just say it out loud. You bore my pain. That's physical pain, spiritual pain, heart pain, heartache pain. Devil, you were defeated. Jesus is Lord. And by the blood of Jesus, I'm redeemed. Now lift your hands and thank God for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing it as we go tonight. My God is real. He's real in my soul. My God is real. For He has washed, made me whole. His love for me. It's like pure gold. My God is real, for I can feel Him in my soul. Well, give the Lord a hand and thank God that His Word is true. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Take someone by the hand and just let's just pray one for another now. Just let the Spirit of the Lord flow from you to them. Fathers, they join hands. You said, if any two shall agree on earth as touching anything, it's done. Husbands and wives can agree together. Lord, believers can agree together. And we agree together right now in the name of Jesus that victory's ours. Jesus is Lord. Devil, you're a liar. And we just cast you off of every mind and every body in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, glory to God. Well, hug somebody's neck because you love them. Amen. Brother Pete, Brother Pete, bless you. Did you find out about your truck? What was going on? Really? Okay. Well, something else was there before yours got there then. Yeah. Amen.